This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Well, welcome, um, everybody, to Caleb's apartment. There it is. And um, I think there's a monster in the closet. Um, good to see you guys. Glad you're all here. Good. Glad it's sounding good. We're on Caleb's phone today. I'm getting my phone fixed tomorrow, hopefully. Apple's very busy. Had to make a appointment a week ahead of time. You probably have a, a capacity too, right? Yeah. And I have like a five-person capacity. I don't know. Pretty crazy. Just remember the days when you could just go right in and wait three hours there. An apple a day. Diet Coke. Um, we finally got sponsored by Diet Coke. Yeah, I wish. Anybody can sponsor us. You at home can sponsor us. Um, we'll put your, I'll, I'll get your company's name tattooed on my chest if you'd like to sponsor us. Um, 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 want to give Caleb plenty to edit out. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see here. So, um, <laughs> elf on the shelf in the background. Don't read the, the de- comments. Like the Don't demon. read the comments. Don't read the comments. I'm the demon on Caleb. your shoulder. Or maybe you're the angel. Uh, crazy week. Almost set up. Look, if I want to edit out Caleb. Oh, let's hear from Caleb. There's the Caleb door. And then watch. (laughs) Caleb. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 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 My kids were here. Okay. um, It's going to make no sense on the audio. It's dad jokes, man. Dad jokes. Oh, yeah, no sense on the audio. That's right. Sorry, everybody uh, who don't have Visual visuals. Visual <laughs> You're a prop comic now. Yep. So, hi, Jay. How you doing? Doing great, Caleb. <laughs> oh, let me walk downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That almost almost worked. Thank you. Um, you are so strange, says Robert White. Correct. I am strange because I'm in Seattle now, and they're very weird out here. Seattle is a great place, by the way, and it would be you know it would be awesome though if they got rid of all the trees and those pathways and put in sidewalks instead. It would be a much bigger city. I am not the Lorax. That's my my joke. Um, so yeah, I've been busy as usual with my kids, finding trying to find big playgrounds because now my kids are like playground aficionados now that they're five and three. So. Trying to find good playgrounds. If you know big playgrounds in Seattle, hit me up. Um, Instagram is the best way to get me. I love Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram yet, do it, man. Um, so we're a little behind, but we're running on, I mean, uh, for Revolution stuff, we're going to get up. I'm planning on having up this week our GoFundMe so we can raise a little money for Caleb and some some technical stuff for the church, um, new camera, new lights, 
you know, just some stuff so we can continue to tighten up what we're doing and mm-hmm. bring uh, better footage to you because we didn't realize that we were going to be a television ministry. Not in my plan. <sighs> but who would have guessed a baker would yeah, would land the, in but TV ministry? The Lord works in mysterious ways, right? Mm. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, donations are great right now because uh, a third of the restaurants I applied at have since uh, temporarily closed. Oh, yeah. So we're in a shutdown. Yeah. Probably like most of you are in a shutdown. Um, but the more liberal the city, the bigger the shutdown is, I've realized. And I thought I lived in Minneapolis in a very liberal city, but I realized that nobody's got anything on on Seattle. Because Seattle is super serious, which is great. I mean, I'm, I have nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying they shut it down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so busy week, crazy week, uh, ha- hanging out with the kids, not paying too much attention to the me- the news this week. So I don't have anything topical for you. Um, but I do want to talk about some things, and I brought something. I brought a hat as a prop, actually. And this is pro- probably going to be backwards, comic. and I don't care. But I have a pin on my hat, and um, for you dyslexics, this will work. <laughs> but it says "Question Authority" on it. And I remember almost a year ago, we were doing a meet your congregation uh, with um, with a Calvinist of all things. And uh, and he was like, you know, I just think you've got some issues there. And he's like, what? And he's like, well, I think that button on your hat. And I was like, what? And I didn't even realize there was a, I forgot about it. And I looked at it and it's like, question authority. And um, I was like, oh, you mean because I question authority? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I think it's important that we question authority. And today's a little bit about that. But we're going to put a, Put a bit of a spin on it, um, or we're going to have a radical reading of First Peter today. Mm. Um, Critical analysis. I've realized if you call it a radical reading, you can get away with just being like, yeah, I'm going to kind of make it mean something else. I'm just playing with it. I'm playing, <laughs> playing with the terms. It's an artist. I'm going to be artistic with First Peter. It's a today. poetic reading of... The divine word of God. But I don't, like, love the book of Peter. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's not my favorite book. Um, But I do like to go through tough books sometimes and and try to get figure out what we're we're talking about. So it's not always Galatians. So, yeah, 1 Peter today, believe it or not. Um, I forgot my Bible at home. So I've got Caleb's Bible and Bible on phone. Bible on phone. Um, My Bible, half the pages are ripped out. Yeah, man. Take out the pastoral epistles. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, so I I wanted to talk a little bit about question authority. And what made me think about this is how a lot of us um, are are deconstructing. You know, there's a lot of deconstruction going on. I think with especially you people who attend revolution, like honestly, I ex- almost expect all of you to be deconstructing. Because I think that's what theology is, 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 is taking apart the Bible, questioning authority, asking things, looking into it, asking questions, finding new answers, finding no answers, 
to be very uh, when, 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 when we were doing the um, when we were all uh, emergent when the emergent church was around we had a lot of questions and we were actually very satisfied with not always having answers and I liked that a lot yeah. I liked that about the emergent church and I miss that a lot about mm-hmm. the emergent church um, but we uh, weren't I don't I, I just think I don't know I'm not going to get into it too much too many politics uh, but I want to talk about that. So questioning authority, talking to authority, and, and, and deconstructing. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Phil Drysdale. Um, Caleb turned me on to him. And uh, he's pretty pretty sharp character. Um, always has pretty good answers for questions. Yeah. And I'm glad that I actually asked him a question about Hegel, and he didn't know it. And he didn't try to answer it, which I was impressed with. Um, but, you know, I, I read a lot of his stuff and what he's taking people through deconstruction and who are going through that and what it's like for them personally and how he handles it on a very individual level that he just doesn't paint with broad strokes and, and put everybody in one place. And, and really no one gets judged. in in his work, it seems like, you know what I mean? It's like if you deconstruct and you become an atheist, it's like, good for you. That's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think even if you uh, probably even become a conservative, I don't think he would be like, you know, Yeah. I think he would be like, that's where you need to be right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I don't know. I can't answer for him, but I've liked some of his work. And, um, so I, I, I watch and, and, and some of the stuff he does and read the comments. And so I want to talk a little about deconstruction, um, and questioning authority and what that looks like. But, in a flipped around way. So if you're with me, you can turn to first Peter. If you have your Bibles out or you're typing first Peter three fifteen uh, through 17, it says, but sanctify the Lord in your heart and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear having good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So we're going to unload this a little bit. Um, Be ready to give defense to everyone who asks you, a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now, fear, I often think is often mistranslated in the New Testament. I haven't looked at First Peter today, this week. Uh, but it's often awe, wonder, and reverence. And I believe that some translations you will find. I'm reading out a New King James Version because that's, that's what I typed up and it came on my phone. Um, but often it, it's, it's fear is mistranslated when it should be reading reverence. But anyway, having a good conscience. And uh, uh, having good conscience, wait, hold on. Meekness, now meekness, being humble. Being humble when you, when you give an answer, being, you know, uh, being cautious when you give an answer, being sensitive when you give an answer, so not being a jerk, basically. Don't be a jerk. And I think if anything comes out of this talk today, what I hope it is is basically, you know, I want us all to be badasses, okay? Don't get me wrong. I like the idea of being a badass. But there's a difference between being a badass and an asshole. And that's kind of what I'm looking at today is how can we 
deconstruct? How can we grow? How can we change and still show respect and compassion to other people as we go through those changes? Um, so a lot of time deconstruction, what happens is, is people get rejected when they start to deconstruct in their church because they start to ask questions. And the problem is, is a lot of these pastors and people like myself, you know, we might not know the answer to what the que- to your question. And sometimes the defense mechanism is to shut that person down uh, rather than answer the question or just say, I don't know. Um, if you ever notice, like, you know, with celebrities and they get gossiped about all the time, you know, and talked about, a lot of them don't care, you know, so they don't answer the press's questions, they don't do interviews, and they just let it go on, you know. Someone like Morrissey, who people talk about and say horrible things about all the time, you know, he doesn't grant a whole lot of interviews, you know, so it's a lot of speculation and things like that. Oh, he's a freak, he's conservative, oh, he's racist, oh, he's this, he's that, he supports this, supports this, you know, and you're like, but often he'll just be like, you know, I think for myself, and you can say what you want. Um, I'm not saying I agree with Morrissey or disagree with Morrissey right now. I haven't researched Morrissey enough. But what I'm trying to say is that you, sometimes you have people like that. Then sometimes you have people who do interviews and they're on, you know, they're on the defense, constantly defend, you know, oh, why would you ask a question like that? Now, I think one of the worst things you can do in an interview is ask the interviewer, why would you ask a question like that? <laughs> um, but you see that happen a lot or like, Oh, you're so mean. Like, I think that's a a thing that Trump does makes the mistake every time of like, Oh, just attacks him for asking that question rather than just simply saying, you know what? You're wrong. And your question doesn't make sense. Or, or, you know, this is why your question doesn't make sense or no, or yes, or maybe, or let me, let's unwrap that a little bit, you know, rather than attacking the person, because when you go on the defense automatically, you seem shaky. You seem like you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and you seem guilty. Yeah. And, and what often what people who in the media who are doing media don't realize, and I've learned this in media training because I worked with different groups, is that often when you're defensive to the media or you're attacking them, people don't see that as you're defensive to the media. They see you talking to them in their home and they often feel that you're being defensive towards them. And people don't realize that, like that's how you handle the media is sometimes skewed in people's minds as being how you're communicating with them. Because when you're doing media, it's literally to get your voice out there. So they think, well, this person's very defensive of me, you know, or defensive would be defensive of me, even though they're just being defensive towards the reporter. So when you learn how to communicate with reporters and media people, you learn to not be defensive and not to attack and not to do things like that. And to try to answer questions to your best of your ability. Unfortunately, a lot of pastors don't do that. And a lot of times people in church or, or working in churches start to ask questions or have doubts. And then they get removed. You know, I talked to somebody the other day who told me that, you know, they got kicked out of their church because they were deconstructing. Well, that makes no sense. You know, like if you're supposed to work out your faith with wonder and 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 and, and, and awe and curiosity or fear and trembling if you want to go old school you know you're still trying to work it out and you work things out by asking questions mm-hmm. yep. and so so often these folks kick us out don't want anything to do with us don't want questions it's like you know a no question zone and if you can't 
you know, I, I, I always like to like, there's no stupid questions, only stupid answers, <laughs> you know? Um, and there's the old joke. Somebody asks a question. They goes, Oh, I stand corrected. There is a stupid question. Um, but no, but there are no stupid questions, especially in religion. And, and I love philosophy because I ask so many great questions and, and sometimes like Jesus answers questions with questions and it's, like a mystery and and it's like, you know, you got to figure this out and you got to think it through. You've got to live it sometimes and really experience it to understand what's being said. Um, so, so what is this saying to us is to have an answer, you know? Well, when people are deconstructing, often people don't have answers, but even uh, I don't know is a sufficient answer. And that's one of the powers I've learned uh, being a pastor for, 20 some odd years is to know when to say, I don't know, but maybe I know a good book or maybe we could find a good book and go through this book together. Um, you know, I'm not sure, but you know, Pete Rollins wrote something really great about that subject. So, you know, here, check out Pete Rollins book. Um, you know, or, you know, whoever, you know, or Hegel or Rob Bell or, you know, let's go through anybody, you know, um, Martin Luther King's got great stuff on nonviolence and, and when it's time to, you know, not fight back and, and, and when it's time to, you know, love your enemies and, you know, I'm not an expert on that, but, you know, there's a, this great book that I can recommend you check out. It's called The Bible, um, <laughs> you know, or a podcast or something like that. What I'm saying is we shouldn't be afraid to educate others or to put others in another direction, you know, like even if if a pastor is like you're trying to deconstruct and a pastor gives you a book on apologetics that might not be the answer you want but at that point you know that's the answer that they're going to give you or that's the best answer they can give you right and sometimes we have to accept people's limited understanding and limited knowledge of their belief system and their ideas um you know i i think it's you know sometimes like when i watch uh, the daily show clips on instagram um, you know, they go out to the Trump areas and they always try to find the craziest people to ask like these really certain questions to, and the people don't know how to answer them, you know, but it, it's almost unfair because, you know, they're, they're, you can tell that they're picking like these easy targets or these outrageous people because they're trying to be funny. Um, and I, and I get that, but you know, so they don't have great answers. And one of the problems with some of these folks is, is they go after people who try to answer it, even though they don't know the answer. And that's the worst. Like, I'm going to answer something that I have no idea what you're asking me, but I'm going to try <laughs> to make sense because if it doesn't make sense, if I don't know, somehow it reflects poorly on me. But what I found, there's a great power in saying, I don't know. Uh, we just froze. Sorry about that, folks. We uh, th this is why we're trying to raise money to get new equipment. To be honest with you, like we're, we're, we have been having so many issues with our with our phones and with our Facebook stuff, with our audio. So um, we just need new gear. So we need some new gear. We need some new stuff. So this is why we're you know why hopefully we can raise some funds in the next few weeks on um, my our GoFundMe that we're going to hopefully have up this week to do because this is it's just frustrating it's really frustrating to have to do this in the middle of a talk and restart so anyway questions the idea is is you know deconstructing having questions um knowing when to say i don't know giving a gracious answer or if you have a strong answer you know something that 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 
you know, okay, but showing grace with that answer. Now, this is where I kind of wanted to flip the script a little bit is for us who may be going through the deconstruction. Now, I feel like I'm a constant deconstructor, you know, um, reconstruct some things, deconstruct some things, leave some things just done and, 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 and all sorts of different ideas. But this is what I wanted to say is can this verse be given for the deconstructors to think about? And I think yes. And this is, is, this is where I'm saying where we want to try to be humans and have empathy and treat our neighbor as ourself. This is where the rubber hits the road for me in, in a lot of ways. And I think it's, it's the way to go. But it's just me. This is my advice. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't, leave it. It doesn't matter um, to me. Uh, it, I, I'm trying to do my best to make us help you become a better communicator, help me to be, become a better communicator, and really like the difference between being a badass and an asshole. Okay? So let's just take a look at this for a second. So when we deconstruct, there's often a lot of pain involved because we feel empty. We lose our church family we go through tough times. We're questioning our very belief system that's probably held us together for such a long time. Um, but we want, we're, we're hurt because we've been cast out because we've asked too many questions or we've asked hard questions. But what I want to encourage folks like us to do and others to do is what happens when we start to get questions back? See, when we're deconstructing, people are going to be like, well, why are you asking questions like this? Or where are you coming from? Uh, why do you think this? Do you believe anymore? And once again, back to my answers for the pastors is, is what I was saying was, it's okay to say, I don't know. Or it's okay to say, like, I don't think so. How they react is none of your I mean, it's, it's your business on how you're having the conversation, but how they react should not consume you. And I know that's tougher said than done. But you're looking for answers. You're asking questions. But what, you know, and you're angry and you're hurt because they're not answering questions. Now, when they start to ask questions back to you, if you're angry and hurt and you throw it back at them, what, you happen, what happens here is you become, you get in an argument. Mm-hmm. And it's in, you're not compatible, and you're not growing. Um, so sometimes when we start to get in these arguments and get angry and walk away, we literally become that which we despise. Mm-hmm. You know, we become that what's hurt us, and we just become almost a reflection. Yep. In the mm-hmm. mirror, you know, it's turned mm-hmm. around. It's coming from a different subject. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm coming from, I have questions about why I don't believe mm-hmm. and you, you know, and I'm not going to answer, you know, so I'm hurt and I'm not going to answer your questions. Yeah. And so we what I'm trying deaf. to say is how do we take, how do we take the defense down a little bit? How do we become less defensive? How do we give patience? Now this is for me, this is where grace comes in. You know, I saw this quote from, from, um, Dolly Parton the other day and I'm going to just mess it up a little bit but I'll, I'll try to give it the best I can but she was saying like you don't have to believe in anything 
to be a nice person and to care about others. Just be nice. Just love people. Just care about them. You don't have to believe in anything. And so here's the thing is like, I'm not asking you like, well, you be good because Jesus says you need to be good. No, I'm just saying be kind because it's, it's, it, it's how we grow as human beings. Amen. And two, if you're showing these people who are casting you out of church or hurting you or, or not giving you the best answers, if you're showing them more grace, there's a chance that you're teaching them how to deal with the next person and that you're actually showing them their own insecurities by giving them grace and by giving them love. But if you just return the same anger or the same defensiveness back, there's just not a lot of growth. Now, I mean, I mean, it feels might feel good in the moment, but nothing happens. And what happens is we become that very thing just on the other side. You know, a lot of people know, like, about a month ago, I, I shut down my Facebook account. And honestly, it wasn't because of people who don't agree with me. It was that it was people who, who, who had same very similar political beliefs as me and things like that. But they questioned me in such an aggressive, hurtful way that I realized I wasn't able to be graceful in, in, back. I just wasn't able, I mean, they were just kept attacking me and everything was like, oh, you know, you're, you're, you know, your fragile white fragility rather than, man, oh, Jay, maybe he has mental health issues or maybe Jay's just sensitive about this issue or maybe we could talk more about this issue. It was just name calling, you know, and, and being superior. And so eventually I just, okay, this isn't for me. Now, here's another thing. What I would say is if you're going to have these conversations and ask these questions and you're getting attacked, the, you can definitely say, this isn't for me and walk away. It's better than being bitter and angry and letting that like fester inside you. Because what that does is it, it, it just gets us nowhere fast, you know, and we end up throwing the whole thing out. And then the deconstruction doesn't become real deconstruction. You're not, you're not taking things apart. You're not asking questions. You're not analyzing things. What happens is you're just leaving. Amen. You know, you're leaving because it's crap theology or mean people or personality conflict and things like that. You're not rejecting Christianity. Like so many people I know who've left, not so many, but a few people I know who've left the church, you know, they're like, I just couldn't buy into that anymore. And we sit down and we talk about it. And by the end of the conversation, like, well, it's not the, the idea of this faith or this religion that really pissed you off. It's that you were going to a church with people who have control issues, you know, or someone who may might you know might be a, a narcissist and is unable to be compassionate and empathetic with you. You know, you've you, you've rejected a lot of this to, to deal with the fact that these people aren't very nice people. You know, some people are like, "Oh man, it's going to be great for you to go out to to uh, Seattle because all those people who had to go through the Mars Hill stuff with Mark Driscoll and blah blah blah." You know. And, and I think there's probably a lot of people, you know, you know, there's a lot of angry people out there, you know, there are a lot of hurt people, but it's not easy to, to, to come back and be like, Hey guys, I'm here and I believe in grace. So it's cool. Right. You know, they're like, a lot of those people are like, no, we're just done with it. Yeah. And I can't judge every person who who's done with it for those reasons. But I can say like, for me, there's a reason I don't prescribe to neo-Calvinism, you know, because I think it's hurtful. I think it's hateful. I think it's degrading to women. Um, I think it's degrading to humanity in a lot of ways, to be honest with you. And it, it treats people unfairly. And uh, it sets up 
this idea of this really weird God in the sky and gives him, gives God in the sky a personality that's really freaking scary. Um, and for me, that's just not how I do it. Uh, and, it's, and it's a traditional confessional Christianity thing that I just, I don't really buy into anymore anyway. But that being said, you know, I think sometimes we have to realize is what are we letting go? Are we letting go of, of toxic people or are we letting go of toxic religion? And sometimes the two are definitely mixed. Um, but ultimately, did the faith get a fair shake? Did you dissect it and go through it and look at it and take it apart? Or did you just say, you know what, if this is how it is with these type of people, then I don't want anything to do with it. Because I guarantee you, you could go to lots of different churches and have very different experiences. I could take you to a very progressive church um, where you could have an experience, a negative experience, even though you're a progressive. Like I said, with my Facebook, I shut it down because it was my fellow progressives. They just weren't, they just didn't have patience anymore. You know, they, I wasn't in, you know, for some reason we couldn't have a civil conversation. So I was like, all right, I just need to take a break from Facebook for a while. Um, you know, so I've been in progressive churches where I get attacked for saying the wrong thing. I mean, I remember when I first became an ally, I went to a very progressive church and I had somebody yell at me about using pronouns. You know, I didn't know it was hurting other people, honestly. And I was only using pronouns because I was reading straight from the Bible at the time. Um, yeah, I stopped using pronouns and worked through it, but that came through time. But to yell at me and to be angry at me first off the bat, I was like, what? You know, like I just gave up my whole career to, to follow my passion. I gave up a lot, not my whole career, but a lot of it to follow my passion. And now I'm getting attacked at this church. It was hard. And it was just because, you know, I'm glad they said something, but the same way I would have preferred that they would have been like, Hey, have you ever thought about this? Like you're genderizing God in this sense, you know, and does God really have a gender? You know, and I would have been like, Oh, that's a great question. You know, let's, look into that. And I don't think God has a gender. I don't think God's a human being. Um, (laughs) and I don't know what kind of being God is. Um, but anyhow, that being said is, is that it's, you know, and then I could take you to conservative church where you might, the sermon might drive you insane, but the people in the pews and maybe even the past themselves would give you the shirt off their back. Right. You know? Um, yep. I, you know, I recently had a friend who switched from from being a part of the progressive party and became a conservative, and it was really difficult for me to understand, but they sat down with me and just said, listen, Jay, the reason is, is that I've been treated so horribly by my fellow progressives and so hurt by them, I don't want anything to do with them anymore. Now, so he switched parties. Now, the thing is, is like, to me, it wasn't about the party, but to me, it was about the people supporting the party in that situation. For me, he was saying, I'm rejecting these people who don't have tolerance, who aren't kind, who say horrible things. You know, I'm like, well, there's, this is the issue is you just don't like people who aren't tolerant. The issue is, is you don't like people who are mean. Um, you know, and and that was my idea, but you know, the person got mad enough to, to say, I can't handle this anymore. (sighs) So anyway, my challenge for us today is, is how can we not give what we receive? You know, how can we, when we are treated poorly 
are not open to questions, how can we not return the favor? Because my real worry in this world is is that we become legalistic um, and that we become so legalistic and so self-righteous that that's what turns people away. That's, that, that's what keeps us from growing and that's what keeps others from growing is that we shut down each other because we're going, well, my way is the only way and we just can't have good discussion. We can't argue well. That's my fear in the church right now. So um, theology is theology. It's always growing. It's always changing. Anybody who studies theology, you can pick up five different theology books and you're going to get five different, maybe 500 different ideas, to be honest with you. I mean, people just have different thoughts and ideas about what God is, what God isn't, what Christianity is, what the tradition is, what the tradition means, what the Bible is, you know, I mean, just completely different ideas. So you're always going to have that. That's always going to be with you. Like Jesus, the poor will always be with you. Well, theological arguments will always be with you. And for me, you have to practice this type of radical acceptance where you just say, okay, this is always going to be an issue. I am never going to find anybody who agrees with me 100%. You know, have any of you ever had like your friend who's like, you always agree on everything, you know, and then one day you say something and they're like, oh, I don't know. Hey, wait a second. I don't believe that. Well, what about this? And you're like, wait, I thought we agreed on everything. I thought this was a safe space, you know. And then you start to realize like the idea of safe spaces is that we all agree. No. It should be that we all are able to disagree and disagree well, that yeah. we're able to argue even, argue well. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of arguing well because I feel like a lot of us are upset and hurt and we want to argue something out, but we argue well and we argue in a healthy way with one another and not let not let our different opinions and our different ideas destroy our relationships with one another. And this is how we, I think this is how we change the church. Honestly, I think we change the church by showing the tolerance that we so a lot of us fight very hard for for a lot of people in different communities is that people will show tolerance and ultimately we don't want just tolerance, we want love and acceptance, you know. So we want that for others. Do we show that to others? Can we live by an example? You know, maybe you think, Jay, this is just pie in the sky, man. You know, you got to be angry and you got to be mad. But look at people like Driscoll, Mark Driscoll. He's been angry and mad. Where did that get him? You know, I, I see a lot of people online who I agree with completely on, 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 on political issues, but they're so angry at Trump and the conservatives, you know, still even to Trump lost, you know, and they're going like, oh, you know, I just want to be like, just let it go. You know, we, we, at one point we've got to, you know, we can't just attack a whole, we can't scapegoat a whole group of people, you know, because they're full of individuals and full of different people. And, and we can't just, you know, you don't want me to mush your group into one, one thought, an idea. Let's not do this to the other group either. You know, so the idea is just how are we, can we be conscious human beings, conscious of each other, constant conscience of our individualities, not scapegoating, you know, giving a gracious answer, giving a a good answer and not, and being willing to say, I don't know, or I don't believe, or I do believe, or I'm curious, or I'm an agnostic, or I'm a Christian agnostic, or I'm an atheist, or I'm whatever, you know, 
And if they attack you, all right, well, you know, I see where you stand. I appreciate your time. You know, this, the way you're communicating with me seems harmful and hurtful. So I'm not going to stay, you know, that's part, that's good communication, you know? So it's not saying not what you don't believe. It's just, how are you saying it? You know, are we attacking those who attack us? I get the idea is when we, we need to defend ourselves. There, there are times where we've got to defend ourselves. But what I'm saying is, is can we learn timing when the right timing is? I think we can. I mean, if I can do it, guys, seriously, listen, I mean, I get attacked because of my dad. I get attacked even sometimes because of my mom. Um, I get attacked because of my theology. I get attacked my, because I'm too, too liberal. I get attacked because some think, people think I'm too conservative. I get attacked, you know, all different reasons. And I'm always working to take the high road. I have people in my life who are in my life, who don't necessarily like me, but they're in my life, and I have to learn how to communicate and, and, and talk with them and deal with them. You know, And I make that choice, but I make that choice because I feel like I'd rather have that person in my life, to be honest with you, than to pay the cost of having what it would look like with them out of my life. I know those are hard things to do, but what I, I just want, I want to encourage us to not let anger control us, to not let fear control us. Cause when we operate, cause that's really what it is. Anger is kind of an amplified fear, mm. you know? And so when we're, we're fighting back, it's often cause we're afraid. And I get that, especially during deconstruction and during questioning your faith and, and having these different, going through these different things. But I'm just saying, honestly, the reason I'm, I'm saying this stuff is cause I want it to be easier on you And I want the people around you to learn from what you're going through because you know what they'll do. They'll be like, Oh, they're just angry. I didn't, I I didn't write the Bible. You know, they're just angry at the way God talks, (laughs) you know, God bless us. We'll pray for them. You know, don't give them an easy way out. You know, if you really want to make it difficult on them, live life. Well, study well, come to your own conclusions, you know, and show them grace and respect through the whole thing. You know, um, you know, Henry Rollins said, you know, if you really want to be punk rock and piss off your parents, you know, don't get wasted and drunk and wrap your car around a telephone pole. Educate yourself. Live a good life. Do better than they ever did. You know, show them show them who you can really be. Show them who you really are. Amen. You know, and so to me, that's the idea is that we just live well and that we communicate well and that we show grace you know, and, and, and we do that when we're, when we're questioned back, we give them what they aren't able to give us, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and I've also seen this opposite way too. I've seen pastors who've been very gracious and very loving, and I've done it to a few, to be honest with you, who are very gracious and very loving, but didn't give the answer I wanted. And I was like, well, this is why blah, 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 you know? <laughs> And they're like, oh, Jay, he needs to grow up a little bit. And I'm like, no, I don't need to grow up. I'm where I need to be. You just don't live in reality, you know? And then a few years later, I call them back and go like, hey, you know what? I still don't agree with your theology, but the way I reacted was completely wrong. <laughs> and I did need to grow up a little bit. And I did need to experience a few more things. Yeah. And I've had that same thing happen to me that I did to you. And I didn't like the way it felt either. So mm. I'm sorry. Mm. 
you know, and learn from my mistakes. And so we can grow and learn from our mistakes. And luckily, if, if we're really lucky, we'll have people in our lives who will sit down and be like, you're missing it, man. You're kind of being a jerk here, or you're kind of doing this here, or, you know, maybe you could love people a little bit more, or maybe you could just maybe, you know, avoid those folks for a little bit right now, you know, because they're obviously triggering you in a way that just makes you not happy and not likable. And you need to take care of yourself maybe before you go back and, and, you know, these probably aren't the people you need to deconstruct with, you know, and, uh, and hope for their deconstruction. Hope that they're able to do it through your own life. You know, so many people I've over the years that I've had come to Revolution and tell me about how horrible their last church was. You know, this is this is, comes from experience. Oh, they were awful, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that. And I used to be like, yeah, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Now when I hear that, I'm going like, oh, man, am I next? Is Revolution <laughs> the next church on that list? Right. You know, because I'm like, um, I know I'm an introvert. I know I'm not going to be able to this or supply this or supply that. I mean, I'm going to, you know, they like the message, but they might not like me, you know, or they might like, might like me and not like the message, you know? So when I see some church hoppers come along, sometimes I'm like, Ugh, we're just going to be another notch in your belt of churches that you didn't like and that didn't meet up to your expectations, you know? Um, so coming from a pastor's point of view, sometimes you just see that and you go like, Ugh, I'm not going to be able to make this person happy. You know, I'm going to let them down. Um, and often that's what I'll start out with is like, Hey, listen, you know, you're probably not going to find what you're looking for here if you want this or this or this, and just being honest with people, you know, and often they don't like to hear what you have to say, but it's just the truth, um, of, you know, knowing your own limitations. So, you know, it's just funny. Like, I guess the idea is, is what I'm saying is, is it's, you know, great to be angry at something. But now I see when I see people coming angry about the church, I understand it. But there are also people where red flags go off and I go, they're going to be angry about this church too. You know? So I, I guess what I'm saying is, is no, what, what is, what is the real, what's making you feel insecure? What's hurting you? What's driving you away? You know? And really be able to reflect on yourself. And I would say even find a good therapist and work take a therapist with it too and, and, and contact Phil Drysdale. Everything that guy does is for free. And he seems and he takes DMs. I DM him and he answers my DMs and and I you know, he seems to have a lot of people who follow him. Everything he does for free. I think he raises money because he's able to do it for free. So if you have money, you can help him out, do what he does. But someone like that who can help you. Yeah. go through it and and someone like phil he has no expectation on what you need to become or don't become he That's doesn't right. have any theology he doesn't seem to have a dog in the fight like well you're going to be a lutheran trust me mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's not this guy and i dig that you know mm. um you know he's just there to help you go through and ask these questions mm-hmm. and so if i can do anything is like what i'm going to say right now is i can't help you deconstruct Phil Drysdale is his name, but I can't help you deconstruct completely. He's on Instagram. I know that completely. I'm not going to be here all the time to do that and and answer your texts and your Instagrams and all that all the time. But I know someone who is, so I'm going to point you in the right direction and say, this guy, Phil, Phil Drysdale is really awesome. The grace Yeah. The grace is his stuff. The grace So you can go and do that, you know, and, and find different ways. Um, you know, my best buddy is Pete Rollins, and as much as it hurts me to admit, his books are really good, too, for that kind of stuff. And so, you know, 
pick up a Pete Rollins book. That guy's stuff is is pretty great. Unfortunately, um, hopefully he writes a stinker so I can just help him through the stinker. But oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Mm. Um, but so far he's been batting a thousand, and so I I really highly recommend Pete's stuff too. Um, you know. But I also say just be cautious when you're around somebody who agrees with you 100% of the time as well. You know, going through this type of thing is, you know, yes, people. You yes. know, I remember one time I was, I was with my dad and there was, we were watching Christian television, came on. This pastor was wearing the most insane clothes I'd ever seen. I mean, I was like, this guy, like, makes my mom look like a nun. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, dad, why does this guy dress this way? And he's like, well, son... He's like, when you get that big, he's like, you start to be around people who just agree with everything you do. He's like, down to the point where your clothes, you know, like you put on something crazy and you're like, how does this look? Oh, pastor, that looks amazing. You're rocking it. You're living it. Best life, you know? <laughs> Next thing you know, you're like, you know, you got your puffy shirt on and you're like, hey, everybody, what's going on? You know? And, and uh, but it was that, you know, he's like, so you have to, and he told me, he's like, you got to be careful sometimes that you don't surround yourself mm-hmm. with people who agree with you all the time. You walk out naked and everyone yeah. says, Emperor, your clothing <laughs> is marvelous. I mean, that's been one of the best things about my my, my, my friendship with Pete Rollins is 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 Petey is, is, is that, you know, he doesn't agree with me all the time. That's one of the greatest things about having conversations with you guys and doing this services, you know, like when I was on Phil's Drysdale's Instagram thing the other day, I invited people to come to our church because I know people can push back at the end. And if you have questions, you can ask them and we're not afraid of that. You know? So I was like, well, actually we're not a bad place for people who are going through that right now because we're open to that and we can handle that. And we'll have good conversations. And you know, if we argue, we'll try to argue well and gracefully, you know? So that's my, 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 my talk today is, is basically, you know, I've got nothing or no problem with you being a tough person or a badass. You know, I, I just don't want you to be an ass, you know, just an ass. Um, because I, it's just not worth going through life suffering and being angry and having a chip on your shoulder about the church. If you really want to change it, there's just, I'm giving you ways of like how I've learned how to do it. So I might be wrong, you know, and you might find somebody else out there who's angry as hell and doing a great job. And if so, I mean, honestly, more power to you, you know, um, that would be easier for me if I was just pissed off all the time. Uh, but I'm not, and, uh, I don't want to be cause I spent many, many years doing that and, and everybody is a contradiction. And so with that great anger came great fear. I had a lot of fear, a lot of depression. And so in my personal life, I was trying to make everybody happy because I didn't, want to, I didn't want to have that conflict that was constantly going on in my personal life. But in my professional life, angry, 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 angry at these people, angry at those people. And then so now I've got to keep the peace to everybody in my personal life so I don't have the same kind of... So I had this contradiction in me, and I was just a completely miserable, unhappy person. And so when I, when I say all this stuff, it's not to piss you off. It's not to say that you're being a jerk. It's honestly just saying, like, I want to see you live life well. You know, there's going to be hard times, you know, but I'd like you to experience some happiness and some peace through this. And actually, I, not only do I want to see you transform your own life to where you need to be uh, in your own way, but I want to see you do it to some other people along the way. Like, I want you to leave a church and 
show them something that when they leave, they go, they asked questions and I wasn't very nice. And then I asked them questions and they were really nice to me. And, you know, maybe I need to be nicer to people because I've had a lot of people teach me that lesson myself as a pastor of going through this, of how I reacted and watched their reaction. It's changed me. Mm. And that's why I'm able to sit here and say a lot of this stuff to you mm. because that's where community comes in really cool. It's not just like, oh man, we went and had pizza and beer afterwards and it was awesome. No, it's like we work with each other. We whittle out the hard conversations. That's where I get something out of community. You know, I'm an introvert. So afterwards, I don't want to go to the beer parlor afterwards unless it's like one or two people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go hang out with a hundred people. That's not the community I'm looking for. But when I'm a part of a religious community, I want to be able to be with groups of people I can talk to about religion and have tough conversations and learn something and maybe even teach something. That's, that's a really amazing thing to be a part of, you know? And now I'm able to look at some of my atheist friends and listen to some of the reasons and be like, you know what? You're completely right. You know, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not, I'm not going to completely take that, that road. But I'm not here to say, oh, this is why you're wrong. I'm here to say, like, man, I respect what you believe. Totally. I, mean, I, I, I might not be able to agree with it, or that might not be in my wheelhouse right now or my place. But I'm able to, like, not be threatened by it. And they're able to not be threatened by my thing. And I love friendships and relationships like that. Me too, yeah. And that's why re- re- revolution isn't here to, to change you. We're not here to provoke you a little bit, but in a very graceful way, and, and help you find where you're going in life and, and hopefully find a bit of an easier way to do that. So I just want to say like, if you want to f- fight all the jerks in the church, there's just too many of them. You'll spend the rest of your life doing that. And it's just not a fun place to be. But if you want to, you know, but you'll spend your life changing the church too, if you want to do that. And that's not an easy place to be. But for me, it's a, I sleep a lot better knowing that I was able to show grace. I don't go home and have the conversations. I don't have many conversations in the shower anymore where I'm rehearsing, like, I could have said this, or I could have said this, or I could have said that. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm just like, you know what? I did the best I could. We had a conversation, and sometimes we have a laugh, and that's pretty fantastic. And um, so I just want to give you what I have, and that's what I have. That's my hope. That's my experience. So there you go. Be a badass. Don't be an ass. Uh, deconstruct, but those constructor, the construction people see you taking stuff apart and they want to toss you why, you know, maybe be willing to give them a graceful answer. And maybe one day they'll give the next person a graceful answer. So let's, let's do a little afterglow. I've seen a lot of stuff coming in here. You get these blue ones, and I don't know if that's you or is that your – did you say – Fight the jerks? No. Bumper sticker, mate? <laughs> okay, no. You don't call me mate. So I'm guessing that's someone from good old... Sure. Uh, I don't know why those are popping up blue. Over the seas. All right. What's, what do you, what have we got? So, yeah, we got quite a few... Uh, we got quite a good bit of feedback. I, I want to say just really quickly, my, my only personal comment, just kind of uh, piggybacking off of what you're saying about having good atheist friends who you can have good atheist you're you know <laughs> good atheist. i'm not saying good like the good samaritan <laughs> <laughs> the good atheist i think all atheists are probably very good people so well, I, yeah, I, I mean good friends who yeah. are atheists not good atheist friends <laughs> but like having good friends who are atheists um and it, it's interesting i have i do have close friends who are atheists because i attend a lot of 
or I attended back in Minnesota, uh, a lot of like ex-evangelical and atheist and secular communities. And it's interesting to see a lot of times um, the progress and the journey from being just straight angry at Christianity to, you know, saying, we're, you know, I, I threw out the baby with the bath. Where did I leave that baby? Where's that ba- The baby's around here somewhere. You know, uh, after having thrown out the baby with the bathwater and, and, uh, if that makes any sense at all, but 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 it's interesting to see um, in in any form of deconstruction, no matter where you land, I think that there, that a lot of times it can be easy just to throw the whole thing away, like you were saying, and just to disassociate from it and disassociate from any vocabulary around it or people around it um, without realizing that maybe you didn't, yeah, you didn't hate the whole system itself. Anyways, somebody has got awesome got an awesome Facebook Messenger. Because it pops blue up on your phone every time. That's pretty awesome. That's my dad. I was simply quoting someone said. So whoever said that has got it. Good luck. No, that's my dad. Oh, okay. Anyways. Um, so before we had our technical issues, um, Jesus. Becca said she's in the Seattle area and is curious when we will be physically meeting up. Well, I think we can social distance meet people. Yeah. One, if you'd like to just chat somewhere. Um, get a coffee. Get a coffee. Or two, um, hopefully is when this thing ends, you know, we really need to find an area that's suitable for us and hopefully a bar that is willing to have a crazy church meet at their bar. Um preferably one with a theater in the background. Now I'm getting because I've done two bars with theaters in them. So can we find three bars with mm. a theater in them? And if we do, that will prove that the Trinity exists and that God is real. Ah. Um, so there's your challenge. Or we can raise funds to build a replica of Bryant Lake Bull. Yeah, I wish. But I've, we've never had a building, so that's been good. But yeah, so if you want to meet up, yeah. if you're on Twitter or on Instagram, you know, send a DM or... Send a message here and, you know, Caleb will hit you up. Yep. Uh, And then let's see here. Greg said, thank you for your message of just loving people. Perhaps that's the opposite of just trying to control people. Uh, Roberta said, in dealing with a bipolar daughter, I've learned to just rather, rather than ask the why questions, Just being there and listening is all she wants without judgment or criticism. She eventually calms down and figures things out for herself or knows that she has made me listen to her. It's a learning process for me. Listening skills are just mind-boggling. Oh, totally. Watch people come to their own conclusions. Yeah. And I I have close friends with whom I, I use a... I, we sometimes have to revert to, to, to using a direct communication uh, style to where we say, do you want me to just listen to you right now? Do you want me to give you mm-hmms and, and little <laughs> feedback? Or do you, want, do you want me to give you advice? You know, there's another word for that. What is it? Marriage. <laughs> Ew, sorry. No. But no, like sometimes Good you, marriage. Like, when you're angry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and you just and want to And they start to, you know, they're like, well, we'll get to this and this and this. Yeah, and yeah. Like, no. This will fix it. 
yeah, I just yeah. want to talk. I just uh, want to yeah, exactly. get this off my chest. I don't sometimes want you just advice. want to vent. Sometimes you want to vent with a little bit of feedback, and sometimes you want advice. You know, and making that clear, I think, is a really, really good therapeutic practice. It's a good tool. Or a hug, just a hug. Or a hug. A hug will fix everything. Um. And then we have a little internal conversation here. Joanna, who has before, I think she has publicly expressed this, so I think I can say before she has um, identified herself as having bipolar as well. Mm-hmm. And she was asking if Roberta's daughter got treatment, and Roberta said yes, she's in treatment and awesome. on medication. There are times, though, her mania is too much uh, for the tools her therapist gives her and the medication can get through. So it's, it's, a, it's a very new process of parenting. I'm sure. Gosh, I yeah. can imagine yeah, and we just had we just released a Meet Your Congregation with my brother Nate, who yeah. suffers very, very severely with bipolar. If you're on Facebook, it's bipolar. right below here. So, um, and if you're online, it's probably just you probably just it's probably the one right before this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The podcast right before this one. Yeah. So uh, give it a listen. Yep, give it a listen. Very, very honest conversation about the disease of bipolar very honest was very good i really was glad to be a part of that yeah that was great um david said my grandfather used to say he wished he met the christ of christianity before meeting the christian that's like what gandhi said i yeah i like your christ but not your christians so little like your jesus yeah um okay uh ray our old buddy ray up in belfast says this is all about grace again this Damn is it. all about grace again. I can't do it. And Scottish. Gra- that was Scottish. And gracefulness in the practice of our activism and reaction. I'm not sure I act with grace very often, but I definitely agree with this message. I'm much better at understanding my philosophies than practicing them, unfortunately. Hashtag working on it. Amen, bud. Yeah, me too. Amen, amen, amen. That's also kind of why I used to, you know... I'm- I'm on these nicotine things. If you see me, it looks like I'm chewing gum. It's nicotine. But why I liked smoking mm. is because when I, someone was like giving, yelling at me outside, I just smoke. Just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I want right. to be mad, but I want to smoke more. <laughs> yeah, cigarettes now? are good props. They really are. Yeah. James Dean, man. James <laughs> Dean and Miranda can smoke a cigarette. <laughs> so could Don Johnson. Don Johnson could really. So could Cruella Deville. <laughs> it's not real. Oh, <laughs> Mickey said identity politics has really pigeonholed a lot of people for what seems like insignificant reasons. Unless I'm missing something, I totally fully agree. Identity when identity politics comes down to like this is an exaggeration, but things like uh, wearing a seatbelt. When it comes down to things like wearing a mask, you know, to get a little bit more specific. But, like, when it comes down to just basic safety issues and then they get politicized and then they get, you know, turned into identity politics, it's, I think that's a very dangerous thing. That's my thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a can of worms right there is the identity politics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, screw that, man. <laughs> and, and then, and you know what? You get people on your I own. I a cigarette right now. Yeah. And you get people in your own camp, let's say who presume things about you because of identity politics. Yeah, you you get that a lot, and I get that a lot as well. Yeah, we both get that. Yeah. Totally. Anyways. So go ahead and judge Caleb. He'll get you. I'll get you. (laughs) I'm coming for it. Yeah. Presume, I dare you to presume anything about (laughs) me. Yeah, don't presume about Caleb. You're probably wrong. You can presume about me. You're probably right. 
I got it. I mean, you could just tell why I have the clothes I wear. But this guy, kind of a weirdo, cornucopia of strangeness. I'm a strange man. I was going to say strangeness, but uniqueness. <laughs> you did say you did say strangeness interesting. in a Minnesota way. Interesting. Uh, or uh, what would be the southern equivalent? Like, isn't bless that, your heart. Oh, bless your heart. Isn't that? Isn't that? What a what a unique man. Um, okay. So, anyways, back on topic here. Um, Greg said, "Amen." A safe space. When you're talking about safe spaces, mm-hmm. a safe space to me is agreeing to disagree respectfully. In my experience, and then he said he likes uh, how you worded anger is amplified fear, yeah. and then Jen also said, "Yeah, that hit her." Or I don't want to presume genders that hit them very hard as well. Um, Jack said sometimes ego can get in the way of good communication, and there's a lot of that out there. Oh yeah. And then speaking of ego, I've had that with other pastors as well, where my ego even got in the way. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, and then about ego also Robert said greater love hath no man than when he lays down his ego for others <laughs> yeah it's true it's, yeah. it can be tough what but else especially when I'm dealing with other pastors you know without ego is there a desire to live laying down your life for others laying down your ego for okay. others without ego is who knows uh, uh, Greg also said we are family we're not an audience that runs away from what we don't like to hear and the last couple messages. Nice oh, and then he uh, was just asking for clarification. Yeah, it's Phil Drysdale. Drysdale, did I yeah. say Driscoll? He and a few people were asking. Yeah, Phil Driscoll. Yeah. He and a few other people were asking. Yeah, it's Drysdale. D r y s d a l e. He's very easy to find. He's made. He's very good at making himself easy to find. Um, and then Greg also said, "Be a badass, not an ass." Another good bumper sticker. Oh, okay, yeah, that was that was your dad. Yeah. Um, oh, James says, "Hey, Uncle Jay." Oh, hey, buddy. We got to do part two of your talk. And then we just got two more left here, unless something else comes rolling in. Um, I can see Kate, but I can't read it. I can just see that she wrote something. Oh, did Kate? Hold on. Let me see. At the very end. Did Kate say something? So Kate replied to Robert. Oh, she was her talking to Robert. Maybe not me. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Greg said... Uh, um, well said, emotional intelligence. I don't listen. It's too hard. I, it's also like, uh, like the expression talking is hard concerning marriage. As Jay said, reworded men and women are incompatible. We might start with that and build on it. Um, uh, where's Ray? Did you see Ray's no, he's talking comment? About Ray. Uh, that's the difference. Between, I read Ray's earlier between teaching and theology and pastoring no, I don't see that one. to change our practice about how we hold our beliefs, pastoring, rather than trying to direct our ideas and concepts. Mm. I think you're getting the comments quicker than I am for oh, some okay. reason. Okay, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, just real quick. Oh, James, your nephew chimed in again and said, I lost a lot of grace during 2020, uh, especially during my time protesting in Charlotte. I could... F- Find no love for the other side, especially when I was shot with pepper spray. I hope to find more love and grace in the year to come, especially when the election's over. Yeah. Yeah. I got some Martin Luther King books, buddy. I can recommend you. Sorry, I call my nephew buddy. I call him. So that's about it um, 
from that, I, I, I would like to just going back on what I was trying to express earlier. I don't know if I expressed it very well, but just like angry atheists, like, like, you know, Ricky Gervais, I've been seeing a lot of posts from him recently. Where he's just like, Oh, Christians. Oh, Oh, you're, Oh, you're so angry. Christians. It's like, like we're him. not all, we're not all like that. I like him though. I know. I like him too. He's a comedian. He's a, he's a something. He's pretty transparent about like being like, he's a pretty funny guy. He's funny. I like Stephen Merchant better. No, oh. <laughs> I like anything British, though. You know, I'm kind of British at heart. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I just I, I like I like European comedy. <laughs> you know, I do. I like Danish comedy. There's a lot of good Danish. The Danes. Yeah, a lot of good Danish comedy out there. I'm Dutch. How about Dutch comedy? I'm not familiar no. with Dutch comedy. <laughs> Lots of wooden shoes. Okay. All right. Well, is that that that's our show. That's our show because it's not a service anymore because COVID has turned revolution into a show. (laughs) So as my father used to say, God loves you. He really does. Bye-bye for today. Thank you. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.